People always say you don't get to choose your family, but I'm calling BS, and I have a story today to prove it. Rebecca Martinez is a wife, mother, friend, and preschool director. She also has a knack for making everyone she encounters feel safe, important, and, well, like family. Today, she is sharing her story of how she has created her family, not only through birth, but through other obstacles and circumstances that she has lived through. And with that, she'll share the beauty and the challenges that came along with it. I want to take a moment and thank you guys so much for your support for this podcast. If you want to help support the podcast even further, please feel free to review, like, and share the podcast with a friend. You getting it out there is the best way for me to help spread this message. So thank you so much again. Now let's dive in. Hi, and welcome to the Choose Mom podcast. I'm Trish, a military spouse, mom to three girls, and nutritional therapy practitioner. As moms, we make a million choices each day, but how many of those choices actually put us at the top of the list? If you're anything like me, that answer is very few, but that's about to change. So join me on my journey to choose myself again and to hear the stories of other mamas who are doing the same. Well, Beck, thank you so much for your time today. I know you rearranged your schedule to talk with me, and I I really, really appreciate that. So I want to share with everyone that when I asked you to be on this podcast, the first thing you said was, well, I don't really have anything to share. I'm pretty boring. And I feel like that could not be further than the truth for you. So if you don't mind just going ahead and introducing yourself a little bit. I'm Beck. I work uh, at a preschool in Camarillo. I have two kids, uh, been married more than half my life, and that's pretty much it. (laughs) Okay. And when you say you work at a preschool, you don't actually work at a preschool. You you run the preschool. Yes, with a lot of help, but yes. (laughs) I feel like you are the you were the heart of that preschool. I I remember the first time I ever spoke to you, we were moving from Virginia to California. And I called and I was just a mess because I didn't know what was going on. And and I was like, hi, I heard you're like a good preschool. Um, do you have room for my for my daughter? And you instantly were just so calming to me and just like and I remember just showing up and or hanging up the phone with you that day and just feeling like so relieved. I'm like, oh my God, she sounds amazing. I I would say um I just actually spent time with another military family. <laughs> Yeah. And she was saying that I've always been great with your guys' transitions, you know, from place to place or incoming. And I, I'm i glad that you guys feel that because I want to take that pressure off of you because it, I can't imagine what you guys are doing as parents um, mm-hmm. or wives. And so often we're just trying to move in general from one place to the other. And then you're having to worry about where's my kid going to go to school? Where am I going to live? And so I have a soft spot and try to make that transition for my military families as easy and painless as possible. Well, you're really good at it. And I'm going to touch on more of what you say in a little while, because I do want to touch on um, the way that you make the people around you feel. So we will, we'll get there. So you said you have two kids. I do. Yes. But you also have like two bonus kids as well. I, I do have two bonus kids. So when I think of you, I, in my head, I feel like you have four kids, even though they're not all, you know, 
your kids actual like yes but I feel like your road to motherhood has been it's not linear it's very oh it is there is a lot of paths and I'm just wondering if you would if you would share about it all all four all four absolutely so Jonathan is our uh, 19 year old and um, he is the only child I gave birth to um, and then I have Louie, who is 25, and uh, my husband and I adopted Louie when he was 13. And then the two bonus girls, uh, we – it's a sad story, but just – it's also a beautiful story because they were just meant to be in our family. So Louie, who is um, – Technically, my um, husband's half brother, but of course, I've been raising him now for a while. He is definitely um, our son and definitely my son. Yes. Um, his brother passed away. And when his brother passed away, I had no intentions of other than helping my son, who was, who had already lost his mom. Um, and now he was about to lose his brother. And so, I was at the hospital and I didn't know Belen. Um, that's their mom. I didn't know her, uh, but I was there bringing food, making sure she was okay. And I will be honest, the start of that journey was just to support my son. It. I had no other intentions in that other than to support him because he couldn't do that. He was 19 and he couldn't be there. He couldn't support Belin. So then what did you guys do to step in and help support everybody? So there were a lot of times when you're going through something tragic like that and the person just sitting next to you, you're when it's only that person there, you have no choice but to bond. <laughs> and then once you bonded with Belin, how you know, how did that come about that you were able to help step in and help take care of the girls? So I can't imagine being a young widow. Uh, they were they were very young. They were, you know, 26 and 27 when he passed away. And so we just supported her through that. And then we got these two bonus kids and we're super excited uh, about just being in their life and them being in ours. Yes. Can you tell us about the, the two bonus kids? Because So you have the two boys that are... 25 and 19. Yes. And then I just started over. <laughs> right. They are, they, their mom is a warrior. Uh, they are three weeks apart. Uh, so for three weeks, they are the same age. Uh, they are, j- their birthdays are coming up. So they're going to be eight and nine. And so when we started helping, they were two and three. So what was that transition like? So you, so you were a really young mom the first time. I was a very young mom the first time. Yes. I've been married to my husband for more than half my life. So <laughs> Yeah. It's but that's awesome that you yeah. get to grow together. Cause yeah. I mean, Paul and I have been together since we were 14. I was gonna say I was gonna say that I would I remembered your guys' story too. Yeah. Yeah, just a child bride. <laughs> yes. You know, worked out for us. <laughs> it works. I can't imagine. Yeah, I can't imagine it any other way to me. I'm like, no, that's normal. You meet your spouse like when you're 13 and then you just stay together for your whole life. <laughs> so you had Johnny when when you were young and then you, how much later did you um, adopt Louie? 
I was 26. Okay. Yeah. Do that math. I was 26 and my husband was 27. We had just bought our home and you know, God has a funny way about filling your home. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> uh, we, Louis came to live with us when he was 13. Right. So what did that feel like to transition from, you know, you had one kid for so long, then all of a sudden you have, you have two and, and he's older. So it's just fitting him into a, a new family. Oh, that first 18 months was terrible. It was rotten. It was, I, I look back at it. And I'm going to be honest, I don't know how um, we all survived. It was a hard time to be a parent. It was a hard time to be a wife. It was a hard time to be a, just a anything to Louie. Right. Now that I'm so grateful that I pushed through mm-hmm. and and I can look back at it now because the relationship I have with Louie now is so special it's just a really strong bond. I I adore him. He is my son. And that's no disrespect to his birth mom um, or anything like that. Um, but I have definitely raised Louis as my own. And I think it's special. Um, yeah. It's very different taking in a 13-year-old. I hear a lot of people are like, oh, I think about adopting. And I honestly always am like, think really hard about adopting a 13-year-old. Um, yeah, that's a hard age, let alone the, the transitions he had to go through. It is. It's this, the most rewarding thing you will ever do. Um, but you, I can't imagine if I was working full-time and tried to do it. Um, I was luckily at that time, I was not the director. I was working part-time in a classroom and it took a lot more time than I than my young uh how do you say it? Like I was so young and naive. I thought like, oh yeah, this is a God thing. I can do it. And (laughs) it was a lot of work. (laughs) How did you, so you said you had to just push through those 18 months. Do you mind just touching on the challenges and how you push through whatever you're comfortable sharing? I think the hardest part is now that I'm older, I feel like I, and I feel like this is such a huge thing on your show is as you grow in parent in parenthood, whatever the word would be, you learn to ask for help. And at 26, I did not know how to ask for help. I didn't. And then when people were offering to help, I would often think like, am I not worthy? Am I not good enough? Can I not do this? Are people seeing that I'm drowning? And that was not their intention ever to make me feel like that. You know, I think their all of their intentions were good and pure. And I lost friendships. I I lost a lot of good friendships, and I had to put on my big girl pants years later after I realized um, how hard it was and how I pushed so many people away because I didn't want them to see the darkness that was happening. Right. And um, I had to apologize to a lot of people. And it didn't mean that we mended our friendships, but it meant that they knew that I was sorry. And that's a big thing, I think, being able to say that as a grown-up and really Yeah, it is. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, I think just, I think you're right. I think two of the hardest things to say as an adult, asking for help, because 
I feel like especially as women, we feel like we need to like have it all together. We need to be able to do this or like we're failing. And I don't know where that expectation comes from. I have no idea where that expectation comes from either. That's That's a topic you should. I need to explore it. But it is like, it's like, if I can't do this myself, then I suck. Like, why am I drowning? You know, Janelle said in episode three, everybody just has their nose tip above the water. And some of us just hide it better than others. <laughs> I don't hide it well. Yeah, no, that that's exactly it. Well, I, and I was hiding. I will be honest. I was, I was hiding. Um, I didn't want, first of all, I was 26. You know what I mean? This is when people are usually starting a family and we had already had a family. I mean, right. I, I, we, we did everything all backwards. And so at 26, now I have a 13 year old who, I mean, he was, and, and this could be any teenager. Um, I'm, I'm in a different place than a lot of people, my age and around me that I'm raising adults now where they're starting just to raise, you know, between a lot of the people around me, their kids are like between two and eight. Right, because we're the same age, and I have a three, six, and eight year old. Yes, and uh, and so it was. You know, I was I was barely figuring it out when I was, you know, raising my younger son, and then now I I just left teenage years, and now I'm raising a teenager. Right. Yeah. Yeah. What was I thinking? Yeah. I wasn't. I wasn't. And that's what we often do, right? As moms, we don't we don't think we just do. We just do, we react, and we just move on. But that was the other thing that I did want to touch on because you said it's really hard to ask for help, but you said it's also really hard to say you're sorry. And I think as adults, it is really hard to say we're sorry and be like, oh my God, like, okay, I was wrong. And I like that you shared that. So thank you. Because it is sometimes a hard, I find it, especially with my husband, like it's hard for me to say I'm sorry sometimes. A hundred percent. I don't know why either, you know, but just again, we go back into this mom failure, you, you know, yeah. like, oh my gosh, am I failing? Because now I have to apologize and eat my words again. <laughs> right. And then 10 minutes later, it happens again. So. Oh, amen. Yeah. <laughs> so then when you, when you got the girls, cause I know they're not, they're your, like your nieces, but like you kind of co-parent with their mom. Yes. Yeah, so for the first four years after their, their dad passed away. And so when he mm-hmm. passed away, I just can't even imagine now looking back when I was 26, I was the same age as her when I started raising Louie and I knew what it felt like to drown. Yeah. So we started helping and the girls ended, we have a room for them in our home. So they have their own room uh, here at our house. They aren't living with us anymore. Now they do come and visit only, uh, which is still very often. I'm picking them up from school today. <laughs> yeah. But they, uh, right before the pandemic happened, they had transitioned into living with her full time. That's awesome. So she was able to, I mean, that's a whole story in itself that she's been able to get to that point. Yes. Yeah. And and she could have always done it. It was more of a support system. I feel like, and we can't do this without a tribe. We can't do this without our, our friends and the support. And that's where I come in with the preschool. This is one more support system as moms, as parents, as families that we just become a different kind of community, a village. (laughs) 
Right. No, it, it's true. We can't do it alone. And so episode four, Sarah um, talked about how she didn't have a village and how hard it is to raise kids without a village. She adopted both of her children and had nobody. And so I think this focus on the village is so important, which kind of makes me want to talk about, you can see that you've, you've kind of gathered all these children along the way yes. and you have such a, such a giving heart. And, and I told you the first time I ever spoke to you, I hung up the phone just feeling like relieved, like, okay, this woman has my back. You have a knack for making everybody around you feel important and appreciated and like almost, I want to say like safe, like you just have a way of making everybody around you feel special and doing for everybody. I, that makes me so happy. <laughs> well, good, because you need to hear it. I'm glad that people feel that way because my, that is my heart, but it's not my intention. You, you know what I mean? But I feel like that's what I would need. <laughs> so I don't, Yeah. But I'm so happy you No, I mean, I just think it's really important because a lot of people don't have that natural inclination to to lift people up around them. You know, I mean, hopefully most of us do, but you are your Bextra. Like you just go above and beyond what every even like, you know, your your teachers that work for you, you know, and your your preschool families, like you know how to make everybody feel seen. I'm glad that I've I think that's what I always wanted in a job or anything. And so when I took this on um, as the preschool director, I wanted that. I wanted to be, and I say this on my tours, is we become your family. You see, you I mean, with preschools or anything or, you know, I, friends, friends are the family you get to choose. We get to choose who's in our life. We get to choose where we send our kids to school. We get to choose who our friends are. You can't choose who your parents are. You can't nope. choose any of those things. So if people choose to be around me, I feel like I should be a light. <laughs> so I want to talk about that, that you throw your whole heart into everything that you do, into your family that you've birthed, the family you've created, the school and the school and school environment that you've created. And even your friends, everybody around you. So you are really, really good at doing for other people. So so how about what do you do you throw that whole heart into doing for yourself? Oh, I knew this was coming. Here it is. <laughs> Here it is, the moment of truth. Um I actually just talked to my husband about that. Um last night before we did this, and in that conversation, I was just saying, I don't know when I learned how to take care of myself. And he was like, What? What do you mean? You always take care of yourself. I'm like, you really need to listen to this podcast. Um, <laughs> but um, I think it's an ongoing learning uh, process for me, I will say, because in each season of my life, I've had to learn how to take care of myself differently. It's just um, continuing a different kind of growth. Um, and I think you get that as you get older, but my needs haven't always been the same. And there were times where I made sure I was constantly getting my hair done or getting my nails done. And that was time that was just for me. And then now I'm in a season of I want to be healthier and I want to be more active. So I make sure that I'm setting aside time for myself to to work out and that's a season of my life. And I hope I keep this season, but it's just, yeah. it's constantly changing and recognizing what I need and then communicating that with my family because I'm not always good at that. 
I'm going to rewind back to when you were a really young mom just taking care of your one baby. Were you able to address needs back no. then? No. I feel like it's a little bit of a blur. So I was 19. Um, I w- actually had turned 19 a month after he was born. Yeah, no. It's an honest answer. No. And that's why I was talking to my husband because when? When did we – when did when does the light bulb go off and say – wow, I don't need to do all of this. And I think I, I, you know, something that Janelle said in her podcast that really stood out to me was um, my kids now, um, and I am so proud to say this and I do not even care, they are amazing. Good, you should be proud. You did that. Jonathan and Louie are the most incredible kids um, to me, obviously in the world. Um, obviously everybody's kids are special, but I think, um, they are both super cool kids and I did that. Um, I, and I say that often at home when they do something great, I'm always like, oh, that was me. That was all me. And then if they do something like rotten, I'm like, oh, you're your dad's child. Um, but, (laughs) but you know, I think it's just, where was I going with that? I think it just changes as you continue to get older, your needs change. And when, before I even, I would say before I adopted Louie, I don't think I knew, I didn't know what taking care of myself looked like. Yeah. So you went through motherhood for a long time before you even started to then. Yes. So when, when is that? When do we have that light bulb that goes off, you know, that says, oh, wow, I'm not... I mean, I am superwoman, but I'm not. Superwoman needs a break sometimes. So is there is there an actionable step that you would tell a mom, like something like even small that they could do for themselves? I think um, being outside now that I'm a grown-up mom. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, I just think going for a walk, um, learning how to – even just take five minutes for yourself, eat, especially outside. There's something about that vitamin D yeah. um, that really soaks into your skin where you can just step outside and take a breath and then you can come back inside when the house is, you know, in utter chaos and you're like, oh, okay, it's yeah. still chaos in here. <laughs> yeah, but you had that couple moments of just some sunshine on your face. Hopefully. Yes, Okay. And then for my lightning round. So when it comes to motherhood, or is there a phrase that you live by? Um, I take it one day at a time. That's a good one. I, I definitely take especially because I'm sure just in the couple minutes that you've got to meet me over a podcast, I have experienced a lot of death in our family and more than an average person. And so for us, it's a lot of one day at a time and making sure that we make the most of that day. And even if that means I love to binge watch TV. So even if that means binge watching TV, um, I accept that. And I show grace to myself like this yeah. is the best day ever. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't have to be like a, like a go climb a mountain every day thing. It could be just something really small. Yeah. God, no. <laughs> and my last question is, is there a book that has like meant a lot to you or just a really fun read that you would recommend? Yes. Um, Unglued. It does have some biblical things in it. So um, if you aren't okay with that, I would still say read it and look past it. 
but unglued, I will say changed. That might have been when I learned how to take care of myself. Um, oh, here it is, full circle. <laughs> um, that book truly changed the way I just dealt with my family and work and everything after that. It was almost like I grew up after I read that book. Oh, that's a pretty that's a pretty big deal. I will link that so people can find it. Yeah. Thank you for sharing yeah, that. It's a, it's a special cool book. Um, and I feel like when you're reading it, you're like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> it's all clear now. Yeah. Okay. I'll have to. It's funny. It's Untamed is one that a lot of people have said, and now we have Unglued. Yeah. <laughs> so it's becoming un-something. We're un-something. Un-something. All right, Beck. Well, thank you so, so much today. No, thank you. No, thank you. I feel like I was utter chaos um, all over the place, but that's actually how my brain works. So, <laughs> Same. Same, girl. Same. Well, I will talk to you soon. So thank you again so much. You're welcome. Thank you. 